0: Hello, my name is Tyler, and you're listening to the Frayed Medium Podcast. This is part one of a three-part series I did on Kyoggy's newspaper history. I also spoke with author and historian Brian Brennan as we discussed the newspaper journalism, and satire. So please sit back, relax, you're listening to the Frayed Medium Podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge that I'm recording on the lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Testina, the Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all the people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. I have had a love for the newspaper ever since my father would shoot me some nickels and dimes to go grab the latest edition of the Calgary Sun. In my head, I call this my roadside library. As a young kid, I struggled to read, and there were only two things that helped me improve this, the Hardy Boys and the newspaper. Maybe it is nostalgia and the memory it invokes, but I still enjoy flipping through the thin pages of a newspaper whenever I can. Part of my love for the newspaper also came from superheroes. I wanted to be Peter Parker or Clark Kent, breaking the latest news story. However, the closest I would ever get to working for a newspaper was delivering weekly flyers when I was 12. Sadly, the job did not last, as I ended up throwing flyers into the community newspaper recycle bin. But when was the newspaper industry born in California Extra! extra read- Calgary's first newspaper was spawned in 1883 in a tent at the banks of the Bow and Elbow River near Fort Calgary. At the time, the paper was called Calgary Herald Mining, Ranch Advocate, and General. It was later called the Calgary Herald. It was started by Thomas Braden and his friend Andrew Armour. At the time, the paper consisted of only four pages, and only 150 copies were printed. Braden believed that Westerners needed a paper to highlight the ever-mounting Real Rebellion, which was moving westward at the time. A year later, the weekly paper went daily and was moved from a tent to a shack. The early state of the paper lacked stories, so the paper relied on news bulletins from passengers aboard the Canadian Pacific Railway. Early on, the paper had its struggles and enlisted Northwestern Mountain Police Services Constable Thomas Clark, to help put the paper together, the paper served as one of Calgary's first businesses, and it was a vital communication link for the city. There were other papers that came, some with only one edition. Thomas Braden left the Calgary Herald in 1885 and started the Calgary Tribune. Braden also played a part in creating the Tribune Block, located on Stephen Avenue and became the hub for Calgary journalism from the late 1800s to 1907. The Northwesterner was a paper sought to be the rival of the Calgary Herald in the early days. Though not much is known about the paper, it slowly faded into existence. A paper I found interesting was the Western Independent. This paper ran from 1919 to 1920, and was the United Farmers of Alberta's political association's official paper. The UFA started out as a lobby group to keep farmers in mind during political discussions. The UFA eventually entered politics and governed Alberta from 1921 to 1930. We cannot talk about Calgary newspapers if we're not talking about satirist Bob Edwards. Edwards formed the eye-opener in 1902. By starting his own paper and serving as his own publisher, Edwards became somewhat of a celebrity as his own pistons were often aimed at local politicians and government officials. As Brian Brennan explains in his book, Building a Province, 60 Alberta Lives, the eye-opener never pretended to cover legitimate news. It was a journal of social observation that increasingly became a platform for social commentary. Bob Edwards was often brash in his approach and was not afraid to speak his mind, or rarely was he ever sober, In doing so, in 1977, the Bob Edwards Award was created and given to Canadians, not afraid to speak their minds. Calgary's newspaper industry has changed quite dramatically in the last 20 years. Once rivals, the Calgary Sun and the Calgary Herald are now merged as one. Hello, this is part one of my interview with Brian Brennan. Have a listen. Well, hello, Brian, and welcome to my podcast. Well, thank you. As I mentioned to you uh, earlier in a previous email, I was uh, a little bit nervous doing this uh, interview, but I think you've uh, managed to calm me down a little bit. Good. I wanted to start off by asking you, as a person that writes about people for a living and who uh, has been involved in the Calgary arts scene, um how has the pandemic affected you if at all well,
1: well actually it hasn't affected me that much because um writers um know all about self-isolation anyhow and uh, especially when you're a freelance writer as i have been for the last 20 years um just locking myself away in the room with the, with the computer and uh, not having any social interaction it's it doesn't leave me craving uh, social activity or attention because that's that's what the writers are doing anyway. So to, to that extent, I've, I've been, I'm always, of course, very cautious as a lot of people are uh, when I'm outside. Um, you know, I have to make sure, I have to double check, what am I supposed to be carrying. Do I have my mask? Do I have my hand sanitizer? Um, I try to wear gloves as much as possible. And, um, then, um, but but really, it's, it's just a matter of, of adjusting to this, this virus, the likes of which we have never known before. True. So yeah. Um, I'm not trying to get back to any sort of a normal, because who knows what normal is going to look like in the future.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I think I can agree with you there. Um, there's this sort of uh, time in our life, uh, uh, allow you to uh, develop your writing differently or do you do you change your style or do you think about things differently
1: um well actually i'm i am thinking about things a little bit differently because um i've i i mean after spending most of my my, my writing life as uh, as a writer of of non um social history and biography um I decided last year, year before, um, to uh, to write a novel for the first time, and uh, that's that's a new skill, and so I'm I'm uh, I'm comparing notes now with with people who are published fiction writers, published novelists, and uh, just seeing whether my my stuff stands up, or you know whether it works for them, and what I need to change in turn. So, and I'm now actually bringing some of those same fictional techniques. Into my nonfiction writing as well, so um, so in that respect, I suppose the, um, the, the pandemic has, has, has led to a bit of a change in my approach. Mm-hmm. Because I'm currently I'm I'm um, I'm writing a new memoir, and uh, when I sent the first chapter to uh, a friend of mine who's uh, who's a novelist, uh, he his the first question he asked me he said, uh, How much of this is going to be made up? And I said, "Well, well, some of it," I said, "is actually going to be made up because it's it's going to be creative nonfiction, and, right. uh, you know, like reproducing conversations that took place seventy years ago or fifty years ago. Um, obviously, I can't remember word for word what somebody might have said, but I can still, I can still reproduce that that conversation in my imagination. And uh, so, essentially, he's he's encouraging me, uh, this, this writer, this novelist." He's a, he's encouraging me
0: to
1: um, to stretch out a little bit in that area, just just uh, let her rip, is the way he put it. So
0: yeah. I, uh, okay. That's what I'm trying to do is let her rip. Let her rip, hey? I like that. I like that. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Brian has a novel out right now called "The Love for One's Country." Right.
1: That's correct. That's yeah. correct.
0: And and when uh, when was that released again?
1: Um. It it came out a little over a year ago. Um, August um, 2019, I think it was when it uh, it was it was released, and uh, it's, of course, as a, as a lot of fiction work happens to be, um, it is a big chunk of it is largely autobiographical. Correct. In fact, one one friend who knows me quite well, he's a musician, he he was reading the the, the part about the protagonist who who is based based on myself, and uh, he said. This this story is all very familiar to me," he said, "because I know you so well. <laughs> so so yeah, there is there is a lot of autobiography in there, and then a lot of history as well. I'm combining the two. So
0: okay, okay, uh, switching gears a bit because the the basis of this podcast was about uh, Calgary's newspaper newspaper history. So sure. uh, for the listeners, uh, I was wondering if you could touch on a little bit of the history of Calgary's uh, newspaper. In uh, a previous segment, I talked briefly about the history of the Calgary Herald, how it got right. it start. Um Is there anything you might maybe want to add, or your insight to the, the history?
1: Well, I think it was was it eighteen eighty three that the the Herald started up in a in a tent. On That's the, correct, on the banks of the Bow River. Well, that would have been actually the first newspaper in in Calgary. Um, I and in in Edmonton. I think perhaps the Edmonton Bulletin would have been an early newspaper that was, that was published there um, by Frank Oliver, who was a politician who started this newspaper, the Edmonton Bulletin. And uh, But the uh, once the Arrow got started, and once the population, once the railway came in and once the population of Calgary started to grow, um, there were a lot of um, newspapers that uh, that sprung up and most of them fell by the wayside. and. Uh, to, to bring a bit of competition to uh, to the herald and then of course we had the uh, <clears throat> the outlier excuse me <clears throat> Bob Edwards um, who started uh, what courted to be a newspaper in high River and uh, after operating in high River for uh, for a couple of years he brought it into Calgary this was the the eye-opener and uh, I mean he he called it, it a newspaper but it was it, it broke all the accepted rules of journalism Correct. Um Round gossip, satirical commentary, and not a lot of news. But it, here's the amazing thing, Tyler: this newspaper of Bob Edwards, the Eye Opener, it had uh, circulation—the biggest circulation of any newspaper west of Winnipeg. Um, it had a circulation of thirty-five thousand, which was a lot more than the uh, and the Calgary Herald had at the time. And I think the reason that the uh, that he had such a, a big circulation was that um, he struck a deal with the Canadian Pacific Railway to put many copies of the, uh, the eye-opener on the trains for people to read when they were going uh, east to, uh, to Winnipeg or Toronto. And in many instances, um, the people would take the newspapers with them when they got off the train, and then other people would read the newspaper and, and then they would buy subscriptions. So he had people buying subscriptions all the way east to, believe it or not, um, he, had, he had subscribers in New York for the mm-hmm. I.O. category, mm-hmm. which, which I thought was absolutely amazing. And um, and I think what what probably drew outsiders to it was that it it didn't purport to be to be news. I mean, it it was it was primarily uh, social commentary and, uh, and and satire and uh, and and gossip, and uh, so and, and was very very successful. And then, of course, the uh, the publication of the newspaper largely depended on how sober Bob Edwards happened to be. <laughs>
0: Correct. <laughs> and
1: uh, sometimes the, the newspaper wouldn't come out for weeks at a time. And, of course, the, the uh, population knew that, uh, that Bob was on one of his legendary benders at that point.
0: You have been listening to part one of my interview with Brian Brennan on the Frayed Medium podcast. The Frayed Medium podcast can be found at cmru.ca. Join me next time as I continue my discussion with Brian Brennan.